to be united together in the house of the Lord as we worship our risen Lord and Savior today. Amen. I'm one of the pastors here. We're really glad you were with us today. You know, I want to thank you for the last eight hours and seven months of how quickly things can change, right? And as I've been talking with some of you over the last couple of days, I've realized that there are more and more of us who know somebody who's lost. How many of you who are, are here today know somebody who has lost you? who are part of our church who aren't with us today in the same place. You know, yeah, through that, I just would invite us to be in prayer for all that is happening. Prayer for the lives. Shattered in prayer for those who are afraid, and in prayer for those who are, are working to assist in the midst of everything. You know, I actually reached out yesterday to try to reach out to the pastor of the Nazarene Church in Keene uh, just to see how he was doing, to let him know I'm praying for him, and, and even to see if there's ways that we can get back there. If I hear of ways that we collectively as a church can do things, I would make sure to let you know. But I also want to say that as I've been thinking about that a little bit the last couple of days, whether it's whether we're talking about moments of crisis or even just everyday life as followers of Jesus Christ, the church acts collectively, but the church also acts personally. So much of the church does is what we do as the church, but also the church is not just the church, the church is all of you, right? So so much are also able to be. Let me maybe say, share another way in which I've seen that grow in the life of our church over the last year or so. More and more of you are part of the various groups, whether that's a Sunday school class or a Bible study group or a connect group or a group. The more and more is what happens is when somebody is going through a difficult situation in life, that those people around that those people who are in that same class they just respond before we in the church office even hear about it. And when it's back to us that people have been loving those around them in need, you know what my response is? Thanks be to God. The church is doing what the church does. So I just say that even through this time in which our county has two big fires going, be the church. Be the church with the people in your life for those who are going through this crisis or other crises as we serve together and we seek to be the, the conduits of God's Lord, we, uh, we come before you today and we are so thankful that we can worship you through whatever life because we know that As our county, in just such a short time, is going through two major fires that are affecting so many people. God, 
lost everything. We pray for those who don't know if they've lost everything. We pray for what we know so far is one life that's been lost. We pray for the firefighters, the peace officers, ways that we don't know how to pray. Lord, we just lift this to you. And God, in this situation, and in the other crises that come up in the lives of those around us, Lord, we just pray that by grace and power that Lord forgive us, that you would just help us to be the truth, to bring love So God, because that is our desire. We long to be faithful to what you've called us to do in your name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you today, join me in the book of Genesis, chapter 29. And we're going to begin in verse 15, actually, and we're going to start reading at the very end of verse 14 today. If you're able to, I just invite you to stand as we read God's word. Laban said to Jacob, You shouldn't have to work for free just because you are my relative. Tell me what you would like to do. Now, Laban had two daughters. The older was named Leah, and the younger, Rachel. Leah But Rachel had a beautiful figure and was good looking. Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will work for you for seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. Laban said, I'd rather give her to you than to another man, so stay with me. Jacob worked for Rachel for seven years, but it seemed like it's because he loved her. Jacob said to Laban, The time has come. Give me my wife so that I may sleep with her. So Laban invited all the people of that place and prepared a banquet. However, in the evening, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he slept with her. Laban gave his servant Zilpah to his daughter Leah as her servant. In the morning, there she was, Leah. Jacob said to Laban, What have you done to me? Did it work for you to have Rachel? Why did you betray me? Laban said, we don't give the younger one before the older one. Complete the celebratory thing with this one. Then I will give you this other woman too for your work if you work for me seven more years. So that is what they did. He completed the celebratory week with this woman. And then they gave it his daughter as his wife. They had given this servant Lua to his daughter Rachel as her servant. Jacob's wife. He worked with the lady seven years. This is the word of God. And we all still say, thanks be to God. You have been with us over these last couple of months. We've been journeying through the book of Genesis. And we've seen so much Genesis. And a lot of it has been through this family line, but the descendants of Abraham. As God reached out to Abraham and promised him that 
He was going to make him into a great and mighty nation. That he would bless Abraham and his descendants and bless those who blessed him, curse those who cursed him, and through them that referred to as the covenant. You see, though, what a challenge is Abraham and his wife Sarah were they had no children. And eventually, they tried to take matters to their own hand, but after 25 years, God finally blessed them with a son of their own. And I guess you have a child at that age that they were, 190, that you really don't know what to do, so you name your child Black. That's what they did. They named their child Isaac. Well, Isaac would go on. Eventually, Isaac would get a wife, but then she too would be barren. But God would give her presence, and God would give her son, and Jacob. As we talked about, he seduced his brother, tricked his brother into giving him his birthright. Well, Jacob has received the birthright. Eventually, he ends up fleeing from home because his older brother Esau says, Jacob. We're going to die too because I'm going to kill you because of what you did. So Jacob flees and he's heading towards his uncle Laban's house. On the way there, he stops to rest and he has this he has this dream and during this dream, God reaffirms the covenant he made. And when Jacob wakes up, he says, "Really, God is in this place," and so he names it. Which means house of God. Well, as we continue reading, Jacob looks on his way, and as he's heading towards his uncle Laban's house, he sees and he sees these groups of shepherds gathered nearby the well. The well has not yet been opened, and this is curious to him. So he asks about. He discovers, well, there's a couple reasons. They they, they wait for all. Remove the stone because one, the stone is heavy and it makes it easier work. But two, it makes sure that nobody gets an unfair amount of water. We're going to stop saying that Jacob asked the shepherds if he had to know about his uncle Laban and how he's doing. And they say, Yeah, we know your uncle Laban and he's he's doing good. And they say, There comes his daughter Rachel right now with the sheep. We didn't read this earlier, and I'm not sure this is exactly this way, but when Jacob saw Rachel coming, and something happened to him that happens to guys every now and then. He was smitten with her. And he wanted to impress her. So I'm going to talk about the shirt and not flexed his muscles. And he removed that stone all by himself. He removed that stone, and when, when Rachel came, he, he kissed her. Began to cry. And then Rachel did what girls often do when God talks like us. She ran away. And she ran to the home to tell her father what had happened. And then Jacob met his uncle Laban for the first time. And he told him all about the and what had brought them there. His uncle Laban says something very interesting. He says, You you really are my pleasure. You truly are my pleasure. Just remember that. After this, Laban invites Jacob to stay as long as he would like. And that's where we picked up the story just a few moments ago. 
Jacob stays, and after a little bit of time has passed, Uncle says, Hey, you shouldn't work for me for free. How can I do it? And Jacob says, You know, I do like it. Marry you than somebody else? Okay, that sounds good. I'll tell you what, I've worked for seven years. That's the romantic line, right? Like, that seven years seem like a couple of days because of Jacob's love for Rachel. It just went so quick. Well, then the time came for this to get married. And so Lincoln called they had a big feast, and they feasted, and they celebrated, and God was made of love. And finally, it was, it was time for, for Jacob to take his bride, and under the cover of a veil, and under the veil of darkness as well. Jacob went to his tent, and in the morning, there was Leah. Well, he did, they went on to the and said, what have you done? You this Years that you've been working with me, it's possible that it's hard not to marry the youngest one first. I'll tell you what. Why don't you finish out this week's celebration, and then I will give you Rachel if you accept me. Think of what else to do until he agrees to this. You know, he's probably some of these questions. I can only imagine that in this conversation, Jacob thought to himself, there goes that whole world world thing. That same thing I'm trying to take advantage of is coming back to fight me now. I don't know if he thought about it, but I can't help but imagine that he had to think something along those lines. You know, this really is a great story. <laughs> There's so many parts of this story, the foreshadowing, the drama, the intrigue. It's a fascinating story as we think about it. It is part of us which Jacob gets what he really deserves. Any of you ever think that before? He's really just getting what he deserves. Yes, it's a fascinating story, but there's some really hard parts with this story. Because that he's going to see the covenant out through Jacob and through Jacob's descendants. And here is Jacob trying to keep his way. He's done this with his, with his brother. Now it's happening to him. Here in the midst of the covenant, we see greed and deception. The ways that God is working. You know, where, where is where is God? And then if you think about that, what about Leah? She's almost like a side note. She seems to be overgone. She's used as a mother by her father, and then the husband she's married also marries her sister, and her husband loves her sister more than he loves her. 
Himself from this story and from what is happening. Because the challenge that we find here in Scripture. You know, if I just think of all of this, though, I'm reminded of the blessing that Jacob received before he left home. Jacob received a, a blessing from his father. And in that blessing, his father said, May God bless you and give you many children. May God pass on to you and your descendants the blessings that he promised to Abraham. This is where we encounter that name of God, that is the God of God. I bring that up because you know God Somewhere it's making choices. God is not simply given up on them. God is still present in that moment. God is still present with those people. And even though we cannot see it, somewhere in the back of God is there. Jacob loves most, God will give sons. One of those sons will be named Joseph. The one that God so many people. Jacob's name related to change to anybody know? Israel. And it's the children of Israel, the people of Israel, how we come to know those who God. God Almighty is still present and still at work in the midst of this situation that seems to have been We are next to us in this great story. It's a great story because of the twists and turns and the intrigues that one of the problems that we struggle to see God in the midst of you. You know, going back to that story, we, I mentioned the name El Shaddai. There's another name of God that we we learn through this largest story of, of Jacob and his life as he comes here. See, sometimes we can find ourselves in a similar place to this of, of wondering in our own lives. As God can see God as God left him. As God still present. As God still present. But I just think that we find ourselves in the midst of those moments that God is still Remember, I, I shared earlier, and for those of you who've been with us a few weeks, we journeyed through some of this, that when God made the promise or the covenant with Abraham, Abraham and his wife Sarah still did not have a child of their own. And so they thought, 
because maybe God is wanting us to turn him back to God in the And so Abraham's wife, Sarah, gave Abraham her servant, Hagar, as one of his wives. And Sarah said, Since I can't bear you a child, maybe my servant can bear you the child of the promise of Sarah. Well, then, Her servant quite poorly. And so her servant Hagar ran away. She ran away she didn't know what else to do. And after she had run away, God sends a messenger to go and meet Hagar. And, and this messenger is talking to Hagar. It tells Hagar that she is Israel, which means God hears. The messenger is saying to Hagar, God. And in response to this, Hagar says that you are glory, which means God sees. Because God has seen you. I say to us that God sees you. Even when you feel like God still sees you. Even when you find yourself or sometimes circumstances beyond your control, God sees you. And the same God who sees you is also the God who is also God Almighty. He can be at work within your life. To this world, to find us, to meet us from the but not to leave us in our places. As God came into this world, and He who was without sin took our sin upon Himself and died so that He might be forgiven. And through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our lives can be transformed. Because or in a world, maybe, that sometimes seems an awful story of Jacob and Laban, where people are just seeking after themselves and what's best for them. In the world, sometimes you wonder, is God Is God the people? I just want to say to you that we have as God But sometimes I might know that here, it's a little more difficult to really hold on to that here. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about? Which is why sometimes we keep those things to us. That's one of the reasons why we gather regularly to be reminded of God's love and what God has done. As we receive 
Difficult moments, from those seasons in life, wonder if you're even still there. Help us to remember that you see us, that you heard us, and that you are with us. God, we pray that today this simple meal of bread and juice would be more than that. That through our faithful obedience to you and through your grace working within us, that, that this grace would be your grace for us. God, we also pray that as we prepare to go from this place, that our simple lives that through your presence and power and work within us, you would use our lives in your love and grace. So God, we humbly come to receive your grace and mercy and love once again. In your name we pray. Amen. Scripture tells us that on the night that Jesus came to he gathered together with his disciples. They celebrated the Passover. He came to time to eat of the bread. Jesus said, this is my body. In this 
season in our greater community. So many are hurting around you. Lord, that's true for the wild So many other circumstances in so many different ways. God, it's a reflection of this world around us. Because you are present in us. God, this is our prayer. You know, as we prepare to go to go to a world people by all to be those who reflect God's love and grace in the world around us, we realize we cannot do that. We need God's grace, but we also need one another. Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.